This podcast is sponsored by FortuneFavors.ie. FortuneFavors.ie is a home workout equipment store and your one-stop shop for all home gym equipment. They are well known for their adjustable dumbbells, which combine 15 different weights in one dumbbell. They have both 24kg and 40kg adjustable dumbbells. Check the link in the bio of this episode for more information. Hello and you're all very welcome along to yet another episode of the GA Statsman podcast and I hope you're all keeping wonderfully well. My name is Matt Hurley and on today's show we delve into an exciting weekend of the GA as we approach the last 12 in the country and what a few games we have in store this weekend. We've clear against Ross Commons at 3.45 on Saturday, followed by Mayo against Kildare at 6 o'clock that evening. Then Cork against Limerick and Parky Keeve at half one. And then, of course, Donegal against our man Clonus at four o'clock. All games will be live on Sky Sports and RT throughout the weekend. A very exciting weekend of action. And joining me on the podcast this week is Ryan Devlin from the Saffron Voice to give his thoughts on this weekend's action and a bit about his thoughts on Ender McGinley leaving his role as the Antrim manager recently and him popping up with the Sunday game recently as well. Just before we get into the preview though, I'd like to remind you all of our sponsors today at fortunefavors.ie. If you use the code STATSMAN11, you could get 11% off any order on the fortunefavors.ie website. Just use the code STATSMAN11 and you get 11% off the best home gym equipment around. Now without further delay, let's get into the preview. So welcome back to the podcast. I'm here with Ryan Devlin from the Safford Voice podcast just to discuss this weekend's football action in the all the qualifiers with a, some very interesting ties to double header in Crow Park, obviously, with Claire Roscoven and Mayo Kildare facing off. And then the ties in Parky Heave and Clonus on Sunday as well. Some very good matches to look forward to. I suppose, first of all, Ryan, how have you been keeping over the last few days? Andrew Morrow with the championship, even the Tadji Cup. Oh, unfortunate for me to say that, but um, Antrim unfortunately have left the championship over the last few weeks, but still... There's a lot of good action to look forward to in the next few weeks in the All Ireland and the Tadji Cup. Um, looking into the next few weeks, one hundred percent, Matty, and thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, just been mainly the club games since the county went disappointingly out the later. I think, um, yeah, me and Luke kind of called it up here. It hasn't been good for a while, and I suppose ended the end of the depart after the later game, like so. Yeah, it's a bit of a flat ending to like a promising start of the year. Yeah, like in fairness, like in Division Three, were absolutely outstanding. And uh, I seen Ed actually on the Sunday game last week. He gave very good analysis of fairness and week here on Wheeling, and he's a very good coup for the Sunday game. Obviously, not so pleasant for you to see, to see him sitting in that uh, Pat Pundit's chair. But at the same time, it was a good year for Antrim. Like, uh, how would you reflect on this? Like a good campaign in Division Three, but the championship kind of petered out. Cavan was a poor performance, and then you lose to Leitrim after a poor first half showing. Like. How would you rate the season overall for Antrim? Yeah, like you said, it started off well. And then I know you said we had a good league campaign, but maybe I don't think we had a good end of the league. I think we lost the last three games and we could sort of smell something was up. And then the Calvin game, I wasn't confident going in that. And we got a bit of a pacing at home. A lot of people were actually tipping on them for that game. but And then there was boys that walked away and, 
yeah, just turned really sour at the end there. I don't know what happened. I know boys were turning their back in the county and I'd seen the bench we had against Leitrim what was filled under 20 players like, so, yeah. Look, the question is though, where do Antrim go after this? Because Andy McGinley was an excellent appointment and he proved to be one during the league campaigns, getting you up from Division 4 and getting you competitive in Division 3. Like, where do you go next? Like, it's a, a lot of people are debating who should go to me next. Like, there is a debate as well who should go to Antrim next because it's a big job on someone's hands to get into that job. Yeah, 100%. I think there's going to be a lot of counties looking for monitors, possibly Monaghan as well, because I think that might be Bunty's last game last week. But, um, yeah, I've seen there's maybe a few things about Donnelly Corrigan, which I think would be an excellent appointment. Uh he took, I can't remember what the club team was, but they beat Mohol last year in the Leitrim. He's got some pedigree. He took from Mona to the All-Iron semi-final in 04. Took Clintibbert to the Monaghan Championship 2014, Kelly Clark 2016. And of course, he took St. Michael's Enniskillen to the Hogan Cup. Uh, that name's been banned about, and to be honest, I'd love that appointment. I know, look, we're talking a lot about Antrim, and I think he would actually like Oshin McConville. Mm. But I said to him, it has to be attainable. I know Oshin's, I think Oshin's got his fingers in a lot of pies at the minute. He's doing punk ray. I think he's taking in a skin gratins. And I also think he might be taking that university in Louth as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think I'll, I'll depend. I'll, the appointment will say a lot about what the county board actually want them to do over the next couple of years, whether they go for the club manager or whether they suppose dip into the wallet like and maybe get a Euro or, or someone like that there. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens with uh, Andrew G over the next few weeks. Like it should be very interesting who they appoint after the great hit the McGinley departed. I suppose we'll look forward to the all the qualifiers next. Uh, some very good games at the weekend, all live on TV. Uh, starting off, um, the Crow Park doubleheader, Claire Ross, Common and Mayo and Kildare. But before we get into the games, like, GA Fan TV was talking about, I was on, on to GA Fan TV about it on uh, Monday as well, his podcast, like, this decision to push the doubleheader in Crow Park instead of, like, putting Claire Ross Common in Salt Hill or something, Mayo Kildare and Turles, like, what do you think of the decision, especially when do- diesel prices are going up, when hotel prices are going up, and to add to that, the Mayo Kildare game is on at six o'clock. So you have to feel for Mayo fans traveling up and down to this game. Before we get into the action of the game, where it's going to be won and lost, what do you think of the general decision for the GA to put these games in Crow Park? Yeah, I think it's all based on money at the end of the day, isn't it? And uh, I was thinking, I seen a tweet there, somebody said about the Clare Ross Common game, there might be five or six thousand and an 82 and a half thousand seater stadium. Like, it's going to be a graveyard. Like, and you, you were saying there, Matthew, Clare and Roscommon, if you brought that to a tight wee pitch, somewhere like a doc, well, not a Dr. Hyde Park, because obviously that's on Roscommon, but the like of a Salt Hill or somewhere like that there, where it's going to be more of an atmosphere, like that could turn out to be a potentially good game. But you see, taking it to the graveyard as Crook Park, yes, Crook Park, whenever it's full, is bouncing like, but I don't know. And then you feel for Mayo, like, what time would their supporters be home at? Like, if they were going up and cars and trains and well if you're getting a train up you're probably staying up there and you like you said the price of hotels St. Carol came from the Irish News 400 500 pounds for an overnight stay like, ridiculous 
It is ridiculous, yeah. And, um, it, it should be talked about more, in my opinion. Like, a lot of people are saying in Super Mario style, playing against Kildare, Kildare were a bit bit awful in that Leinster final defensively, and Mayo will open them up. But you have to think of the fans as well. Like, the amount of money that the Mayo fans have spent, I think Mayo will get numbers into the game because Mayo fans yeah. are absolutely outstanding when following their county. But at the same time, you have to feel sorry for them. You know... Charging, getting charged on diesel, hotel prices, and even like I mentioned this at GFR TV as well. The Kerry Hurling team couldn't even get accommodation. So, what makes you think, um, that in a week in advance, Claire Ross Common and Mayo can get suitable accommodation? You know, it's it's a joke in many ways, in my opinion, anyway. And you think so yourself as well, yeah, 100%. I don't know the the Geography of say Castle Bartercrook Park, but I would say it's the game. The time you get shared and all, all the players and all that there, like I can't see them coming home. Like you'd be out of Crook Park for half eight at nine o'clock, like, and then what you want to get on a coach for three and a half hours? Like, I don't think so. Yeah, there's a bit of a dilemma, right? Uh, do you sleep on the bus going home to Castle Bar or Westport or wherever, or do you? You just um, handed the money to these hotel to hotels and all that. Like, it's a really tough uh, one for Mayo fans, definitely. And for Claire Ross Cobble, of course. But uh, I suppose we'll get into the football because that's all that matters, really. Uh, Claire against Ross Common, live on uh, Sky Sports Arena, three forty-five. Like this, like a lot of people are saying Ross Common will win this game easily because Claire, you know, they're staying in Division Two, but Claire stayed in Division Two quite a while now, and that's a credit to Colin Collins and these players. And in my opinion, I don't know about you, um, Ryan, but I think Claire will really put it up to Ross Cobble in this game. I, thought, I know Ross Cobble have performed pretty well in Division 2 and in the Championship to an extent so far, but Claire will really test her, test her, um, test how good Ross Common can be. 100%. Like you said, Matthew, like we're, we're both teams not in the same division this year. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I know Ross Common are probably better, but I think Claire. Claire definitely can match them physically. I think uh, Kong Kong's definitely runs a tight ship there. And I don't think, I know Croke Park is a big wide open pitch like, and it might suit us coming a bit more, but I think Claire would definitely have the fitness to keep up with them and on that pitch. But um, how, how did the Russ Common Claire game go in the league? I'm trying to look it up here. How did that uh, actually... It was nine points apiece, actually, in Dr. Hyde Park. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, if you want an outside bet, like, and Claire always punch above their weight. Mm-hmm. And, like, Common were poor now against Galway. They're very poor. Mm-hmm. And so, hell, so, you don't really know what you're going to get with Common from game to game as well. <clears throat> That's the thing with Ross. I, I thought uh, Common in the league and before the Galway game turned the corner. But if, if you're just sort of looking at the stats of that game, Common actually had more shots than Galway. They lost by three points. So looking at st- it statistically, Roscommon didn't do that, that badly. But if you're trying to watch, you know, a game of football from minute one to minute 70, I don't think Roscommon really did well enough to win that kind of final against Galway. So it's a tough one there. But you look at uh, Clare so far, Owen Cleary scored 10 points. Like he's been absolutely outstanding. Aaron Griffin, four points. David Toberty, one, two. David Toberty, again, like I think he's mid-30s and he's still going. Like fair play to him and... Again, Clare haven't played in Crow Park since 2016. That's annihilation off Kerry in the All-Ireland quarterfinals. So we talk about Crow Park being a money spitter for the GA 
And it might not be good for Roscommon fans because they get there usually nowadays. But for Clare fans, Clare football fans specifically, this will be a momentous occasion for them too. Do you think they'll travel up on Saturday, Clare supporters? It's a tough one because like, the game in Toronto has cost a lot, like travelling up and back um, in itself. I do think Clare football fans will follow their team though. I think they're they're very passionate supporters. I've been to Parky Queeve when Clare were playing us, Cusick Park, Parky Rin. They followed Clare team everywhere really. Like the Clare football fans are, you know, they're passionate folk, all right? And uh, as I said, this this doesn't happen too often for the Clare footballers. Like they've only been to Crow Park, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, no, um, in the comment section or DM me on Instagram or something like that. I think Clare have only played in Crow Park twice in the last two years. I think a Division 3 final against Kildare and a quarter final in the All-Ireland against Kerry. So these players, Owen Cleary, David Tuberty, Aaron Griffin, Pierce Lillis, they don't get there that often. So maybe it's an opportunity to just seize it. And 100%. And I don't know, I just, I always back Colin Collins to pull out a result. I thought they were very, very unlucky to lose the penalties. To, I actually think Limerick are a decent side. And, um, it's interesting there, Matthew, uh, just going through their team sheet against Limerick, there was no Caelan Sexton. Why, why was that? I, Do think he, I don't know. Was he injured? I think he was. He came on. Well, if, they, against... if they can get him back mm. for Saturday, that's going to be a massive plus. And like you said, Owen Cleary chipping in with five or six points. Yeah. Mm. I think it could be a defensive enough game, but it might actually suit Clare. We'll have to see. Like, I... I don't know will it will it actually suit Clare like they've had um games against Mead. Well, Mead, according to some people, oh, I wasn't watching the full game. I just watched the highlights. But according to some people, most people actually Mead were quite defensive. So maybe that would stand to Clare. I'm not sure, but I don't think in Crow Park would Ross Common be that defensive. I I don't know what you think about that yourself. You think it'll be a defensive game, a bit of a slog of a game, but. I don't think Ross Common are that defensively that defensive of a team. They scored two sixteen against Galway. They could see a two nineteen themselves. So that scoreline was very flattering, but Matthew, that was not a three point loss. Galway should have won by far more. Very very poor in the Connacht final. The more you're talking about it, eh, you know what? I actually fancy Clare. I don't know why. Geez, you're putting your dick on the line there. I I don't know, like. Um, <laughs> I, I just think, I, I do rate Clare, no doubt about it, but I just think this Roscommon team, if they are to prove they're they're developing as a great team, as a quarter-final, semi-final team, for once once over the last few years, they have to beat sides like Clare. No no disrespect to Clare and Colin Collins, they've done an outstanding job. But Roscommon, you have to feel, if they're going to develop even further to be up there with an all semi final appearance or something like that, which we were mentioning at the start of the season, could be attainable objective for Roscommon. Yeah. They honestly have to beat sides like Clare. No disrespect to Clare at all. Yeah. Where was the league game at? Was it in... It was in Dr. Park? Park. That's what I'm saying. They were at home. I mean... <laughs> I'm going to try and convince you to pick tip Clare. I thought you would have tipped Clare. I I I do rate Clare, like, but I'm just I just feel this Ross Comedy like Connor Cox in the Smith here on Murta. If Dermot Murta starts now, I I would actually feel that Ross Common have the edge there. He hasn't started over the last few games. He's come on as an impact sub. He scored one one against Galway after coming on. And to be honest, over the last few years, I think he's a guy that should start for Ross Common. So I feel if he starts this game against Clare I think 
It's a nailed on win for Roscommon. And if Ulton Harney continues his form, he scored. I know the Roscommon team didn't perform particularly well in that game as a team against Galway, but Ulton Harney got three points from midfield. Look, if he hits form in Crow Park and Connor Cox in the space, Kieran Murta, Durban Murta, Connor Daly, who scored one two so far for the defence. Look, I'm saying if these guys hit form, where are Clare going to stop these lads? Like Connor Cox, Aiden Smith, like Aiden Smith from centre forward, who's going to stop him? Well, that's there's that too, but um, it's just lingering with me that Russ Common. I just I remember that time they got absolutely hammered by Mayo in Croke Park and it got some scaldings off Dublin. I, that they never really turn up in Croke Park, I don't think, as well. Maybe that could be a factor. Geez, you're, well, you're that, not changing your mind, do you? Well, who do you think is the better manager, Anthony Cunningham or Colin Collins? I think Colin Collins mm-hmm. all day long. I, I, I 100% agree with you. I, I think Colin Collins is a top, top manager, and I think he's would actually one of the top managers in the country when you look at uh, the players he has at his disposal and the way he's rose his clear team up from the divisions and to be competitive in Munster again. But I just have to feel Ross Common have top class individuals. And I think they performed well as a team in Division 2. And I, I honestly think that Connacht final, they lost by three points. It was a bit of a blip for them. And they performed particularly badly, but they still lost by three points. So does that say they're not a particularly bad team that people think after that game? Mm. Just looking at Russ Common's results, they never really haven't really had a standout win, really, have they? I know they beat Galway in the league, but I don't think Galway twice. was twice. Twice. They beat Galway twice in the league, yeah. But were Galway not really hampered that day in the league? They, they were, yeah, but at the same time, you know, they beat Galway twice. They beat lost to them by three points in the Connacht final, so. Mm. I don't know. I'm sticking with Clare. And I'd like to see Clare do it as well. To be, to be honest, as a monster man, I'd actually love to see Clare do it. But um, I just have that yeah. feeling, Ross Common, they have to win this game. Like, it's in Crow Park. Like, I was seeing a start, I think Daryl Connor said it on a live stream from GFN TV last night, that Ross Common haven't won a championship game in Crow Park since 1980. So, I don't know. I don't know where you're actually looking at that stat and thinking, this could play on Ross Common's minds. Like, to not win in Crow Park for 40 years or so, like, that's a big gap as well, despite... How good Ross Common have been in Division Two wins for some parts of the championship. Yeah, like that has to be. That's massive. I actually didn't know that stat, and they have been pretty poor in Crook Park. But um, yeah, I think we'll see. You're sticking Ross Common then. Mm. I I have to stick with Ross Common. I say I was going to say Ross Common before we went on air. Um, I I I'll have to stick with Ross Common. You'd be sticking with Clear, like. I'll tell you what, if, if Claire win this game, I'll have to put it up as a post on Instagram or something like you'd be some sort of prediction wizard because that is a so risky prediction there. I know Claire done well. Not really, Claire, a top 10, top 12 team in Ireland. Well, I, I don't know. Like, like I probably agree with you, but some people would say they're probably 11th just outside the top 10. I, I don't know, would you agree with that? I probably I think, they're, I think they're a little disrespected because they're little old Clare and they're a Harlem County, but they do have top footballers, like, and I think they're one of the best managers in the country, so we'll see. We'll have to see, all right. But, uh, you'll be back in Clare, I'll be back in Roscommon, but um, we'll see who wins that game. It should be a very interesting game, all right. Very tight, I think. It'll be tighter than people think. Yeah. I do think Clare will win this game, so we'll have to wait and see. 
And uh, the next game is at six o'clock between Mayo and Kildare. We talked about the Mayo fans, but uh, we'll talk a bit more about the Mayo players now. Like, I don't know, did you watch the game last week against Monaghan yeah, for Mayo? Like, I thought they were they were very poor. I, I, I look at the highlights anyway. I watched the second half of the game after the Cork and Low game, of course. I watched it on the phone going home. And Monaghan could have easily won that game. When you look look at it, they could have had two penalties for a foot block and a foul on Connor Litter towards the end. Mayo very nearly messed it up towards the end. Like, I know Kildare performed pretty poorly in the Leinster final. Well, not pretty poorly. They were absolutely awful in the Leinster final. But this is the sort of game that Mayo could fall fall backwards on, to be honest with you, because like a Monaghan team that were particularly great at McCain Park nearly got away with the win that day. Yeah, um, you couldn't imagine the, the stick Aidan O'Shea would have got if that had come to a penalty. Like, and, uh, yeah, I watched the full game in a hotel room and um, it was just a poor game in general, I thought, Matthew. Like, mm. that second half just felt like forever. I think there was... I, maybe I'm making this up, but maybe 15 minutes where both teams didn't score anything. Mm. It was it was watching paint dry. And I think one would be kicking themselves because they were far too defensive on the day. And mm-hmm. you think, like, I don't know. I didn't really get the tactic of playing Cormac Monts as a sweeper. I don't know what that was about. And, um, yeah, I think if they'd have went a bit more at them, because you see whenever they were chasing them, they pushed up in the kickers and they were turning them over and they were getting mm. frees at the end and they were Mayo were shitting themselves like so yeah I think that was a missed opportunity for Monaghan there last Saturday like, but Mayo do what Mayo do they don't play well but they'll get through that's the thing with this Mayo team like I actually noticed um, when Pat Spillane was being pretty critical of Mayo's attack during the week and usually be saying oh Spillane he's talking a load of tosh and uh, he usually does to be fair but at the same time we actually looked at detail of their stats their attacking stats their top score from play is Ryan O'Donoghue with three points and he's not going to play in this game apparently he's injured so like Killian O'Connor scored one point for play so far like that is a real worry for me like other than Killian O'Connor freeze they haven't really set the world alight in the championship so far that would be a huge worry for uh, James Horan and his team but is that not the? Is that not what we've been saying for years? But Mayo and their lack of forwards, but like we thought that Ryan O'Donoghue was going to step up, but now I think he was injured last week, wasn't he? Yeah, he's not, he's not starting the game anyway. The team has been announced; he's not going to start, so I would assume he's injured. Well, that's another spanner in the works. Mm-hmm. Like and uh, Mayo, just they have the the grit to come through games, but they they just lack. I don't know, like a Conor McManus or a Sam Mulroyd, maybe score eight or nine points. Mm. I know Killian gets ones from freeze, like, but see, once you get progress, like teams like Dublin and Kerry are just not going to give you freeze as hand, they like, so they're not. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the thing with um, Bale. When you look at the flip side, I know Kildare were pretty often defensively against Dublin, and uh, it doesn't take a genius to realise that in uh, the Leinster final. But when you look at their attacking stats, actually, they're not particularly bad the championship. Jimmy Hyland scored 2-8 from play so far. Ben McCormick scored 12 points from play. Derek Heron scored 1-7 from play. So there is forwards there in Kildare that could trouble Mayo. And if they do, if the Mayo backs do diddly daddly like they did against Monaghan last week towards the end of the game, like this could be a game where Kildare pull off a scalp. 
I think this will be a really good game. I think this will be a really good open game as well. I think um, like me and Luke talk about if we could get a season ticket to watch any town here, it'd probably be Kildare because they are so naive, like everywhere on the pitch, so naive. Like I was looking forward to that Leinster final so much and it was over after 15 minutes and I turned the TV off. Like, um, I don't know, like it's Kildare, what is their ceiling like? Like I thought maybe they could challenge this year for the Leinster title, but no. Flattered to deceive again. Like they had a decent enough league campaign. I don't know. I think Mayo will beat them tomorrow, but um just that group pack group part factor as well. Like I can just see them being open again. What about yourself? Yeah, I honestly think the same as you. Uh, like I looked at the first half of that game because I was actually scorekeeper at a Kamo game, thank God, to be honest with you, because the game was, as you said, was over after 15 minutes. But I was looking at that first half performance from Kildare and I couldn't believe it, to, to be honest. The amount of space, like there was one, into, I think Conor Callahan's goal, where three Kildare defenders went to one man in the corner and then they left Conor Callahan's centre to go straight through a goal back at the net. I mean, like you're absolutely right at Kildare. They are. Yes, they're exciting attack-wise. Jimmy Hoyle and Ben McCormack, uh, Garrett Kieran, uh, Kevin Field, he's an excellent midfielder and good at driving forward. But at the same time, defensively, like they're so, so naive at the back. And I mean, Mayo, fan, Mayo fans, I would say in any other year, Mayo fans would actually be licking their lips looking at this um, Kildare full back line. But the fact that Kildare's forwards haven't, or sorry, Mayo's forwards, haven't fired in the championship so far, this makes this game in Crow Park more intriguing the more you analyse it. Yeah. My massive worry for Kildare would be the like Elite Keegan, Paddy Durkin coming up and creating overlaps because Dublin just killed them overloads and fist passes over the head and one twos. And like Kildare honestly defend like an under 10 team. I, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe watching the Leinster final, how bad that was. Mike, you said I forgot about that incident where three or four men. Like went to the ball, yeah. Like that is that's not even schoolboy stuff. Yeah, and geez, this is coming from a cartman now, you know. Um, you know, this is coming from an Antrim man. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be fair though, Antrim are better defensively than Kildare. I I will say that, but um, but um, yeah, they're better football. They're better football. That's the way. <laughs> but um, better forward. Better forwards. Mm. Mm. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe like yeah, uh, Ordies would bear the dark here. What do you think? Nah, that could therefore forward lines mouth watering. It needs to be very, yeah. Uh, and uh, what I was mentioning about their forwards and stuff like that, and to even look at the scoring averages for the both teams going into the game, actually, um, Mayo have averaged a scoring record of 16 points in the two games against Godway and Monaghan, while conceding an average of about 15 points. So it's an average of about one point victory for them. And when you look at Kildare, it's way higher scoring. They've averaged 23.3 points a game, but they've conceded an average of 21.6 in, I, I don't know, that was three games in Leinster. In Leinster, like, you know. It's so, almost, like a hurling, almost like a hurling average, Matthew, isn't it? It is. It is, to be honest, yeah. Even looking at it, it's like, even against Westmead, I thought in the Leinster semi-final, maybe the writing was on the wall a bit. Like, a lot of people went into the Leinster final, your, yourself, myself, thinking Kildare could honestly put up a challenge to Dublin. Maybe a lot of the analysts were critical of Kildare's style against Westmead. And maybe 
there was a side there that we needed to cop on. The kids there weren't up to that level yet. I don't know what you think about that. Did they perform that badly against Westmead, or was the Dublin game just one of the worst you ever saw? I think obviously they wouldn't come out and say this, but almost um, did almost disrespect Dublin a wee bit. Almost say like we can go toe to toe with Dublin here and sort of just play our own game and not track runners and all this here. I thought it was a wee bit naive. We beat them in the league. We've had a good enough league campaign. Dublin's on the decline. This, that, and other. And I think it's some embarrassment that day. Like. Yeah. And even the fact that Kildare beat them in uh, Newbridge, I think, I genuinely think that gave Kildare this sort of belief, this sort of, um, you know, they were willing to dream that they could beat Dublin eventually in the championship. But Maybe that that game at Newbridge. I don't know what you think about yourself, but I honestly think that was a bit of a false dawn for this Kildare yeah. team. I actually I, I rewatched the highlights that Matthew and the whole. Oh my goodness, they actually got cut open so much. And like I think it was Arne O'Neill doing this for yeah. there. He, he was, I don't know what he was doing that day. He must have been sniffing something before the game. He was <laughs> everywhere. There was a sideline to Dublin, and I don't know yeah. why he came to school for. Yeah, it was. I think it was very, very false dawn. Like very false dawn. It was a wet day. It was half a Dublin team playing, and like Dublin are definitely hurting now. I don't think they had the same bit between their teeth maybe back in February, but they, they're definitely hurting now. And beware the wind mm-hmm. animal, because they are coming. They are definitely. We'll talk about Dublin in the next few weeks, but uh, I'd be back in Mayo to win this game. I, I think. Like, despite Mayo not scoring particularly well, I probably agree with you, like, the Paddy Dork and Lee Keegan. I think this is a game where Dermot O'Connor could really step up as well. I honestly think Mayo could give Kildare a bit of a pacing here. Like, if it was in Torless, I'd actually give Kildare a chance. But if it's, but it's in Crow Park, I think Mayo could run riot here. What do you think? Do you think it'll be... Especially if they got off to the sort of start Dublin did as well. Because, mm. like, they're what they were in Croke Park two weeks ago. Your, your players are looking around going, shit, this is happening again. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. And uh, that, that um, you know, the lack of confidence can go right through the team. Like, after that uh, display, like, kind of the reason I was hoping as a Cork fan that we'd get uh, Kildare in the next round, not particularly Limerick, because Limerick, at the same time, we'll talk with Limerick Cork in the middle, but Limerick, we're kind of expecting to get beaten by that much against Kerry. Kildare, I don't think they got into their heads they were getting that much beaten by Dublin. So I thought, I thought, you know, looking at that game, Kildare were always going to go into this road of the qualifiers, no matter who they were playing on the back foot. And I think you'd be thinking the same. Do you think Mayo will hammer Kildare or do you think it'll be closer than people think? I'll not say hammer. I'll go five to ten, maybe five to ten point margin. Hmm. You've been very nice to get there, there, I have to say, but uh, we'll have to see. Though, um... just the, the male performance last week, Matthew, it wasn't great. And, mm. Yeah, male just sort of cough and splutter their way through the qualifiers. But I think but, they'll win. Come. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. But I just think this male team will run right in this Kildare team. This will be the game where they'll show they'll be particular all early Kildare's, but we'll have to see. At about the game uh, live on Sky Sports Arena at 6 o'clock on Saturday evening. Uh, the next game is at 1.30 on Sunday between Wyoming County Cork against Limerick, live from Parky Keeve on RT2. And um, for anybody wondering, I will be going to the game 
providing uh, updates and stats and everything on this game in Parky Keeve. But um, what do you think about this draw yourself? Like we were mentioning off air that uh, Larry McCarthy must be pulling something for this car team. <laughs> like um, Lowe's in round one and then Nimbrick in round two. Like, I both mean, you know, both coming at the same time, two in two weeks. I, I don't know what, what you think about Dr. Seb. Is it, there a bit of rigging going on the, in the GA? <laughs> I don't know, but how you could, what are the chances you draw the two Division 3 teams to come up this year? Like, it's unbelievable, both at home as well. Like, mm. You couldn't handpick the better draw for Cork, could you? You couldn't, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Like, um, to be honest, going into the qualifiers, we, we were thinking if we get past round one, it'd be the cheapest. But then we got Limbrick on Monday morning. I was, we couldn't believe our luck. To be honest with you, like two Division Three teams in the All Ireland Championship when there's a Talton Cup. I mean, geez, you can't you can't go look much luckier than that. Like, um, I actually I joke with my old man. I says Larry McCarthy will come out in the Sunday game and Sunday night and say the winner of the Cork Limerick game plays the winner of the Talton Cup to get the All Ireland Championship. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, I actually I actually would would have asked him to do that. Like in fairness, with, with the look, Cork has dro- gotten the draws. I actually wouldn't put it past them there. But um, to take the game a bit more seriously, though, like at the same time, I know it's the best draw Cork could have got, but at the same yeah. time, it's co- probably the best draw Limerick could have got as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, I actually think this could be a dangerous game for Cork. I know you're confident, but um, you, you, when we're talking about Limerick, when we always talk about Limerick, Matthew, we always talk about the size of them. Like Hugh Burke and boys like us here, you talk about Munster second rows. And I think they'll definitely be able to match the like of Ian Maguire. And mm. I know Cork wouldn't be as big as what they used to be. I remember, Jesus, maybe 10, 15 years ago, Cork were massive, like Graham County, Pearson and boys like us here. Yeah. How are you feeling about the match? I'm feeling... Like, it's hard to judge with this car team. Like, at the same time, we went in in 2020 against Tipperary in the Munster final as big favourites. And then we fell flat in our face. Like, I see the stat recently. Limerick haven't beaten us in Championship since 2003. And before that, it was 1965. So the record isn't particularly there for Limerick. But at the same time, these te- disregard the Kerry game, though, for a second. Like, we all knew it was going to be a hammering in the Munster final. But when you look at Limerick's rise, from Division 4 to Division 3 and eventually to Division 2 and uh, the Munster final as well. Like, the way they beat Clare and Tipperary in the Munster Championship as well and the players they have, Key and Sheehan, you know, he gives an outstanding player for wing back, Josh Ryan uh, from full forward, Hugh Burke is there as well, Robbie Burke is brilliant coming off the bench, Killian Fahey is a very good player, Ian Corbett, we all know how good he is. So, honestly, it's good, no gimme fear for Cork. I know Cork are going in as big favourites. It's in a, it's on a silver platter for us. It's in Parky Keeve. But Limerick will be equally relishing this game. And looking at the players I just named there, they'll be definitely up for this game in Parky Keeve. Yeah, and I was sort of having a wee think to myself there. There's not a lot between Cork, Clare and Limerick. And um, there's not a million miles. And yeah, well, I suppose the winner of this would play a provincial winner, wouldn't they? Yeah. So you're, you'd almost be prolonging the agony if you won this much. Would you Would you want to play Kerry again or Dublin and Croke Park or even a Derry? 
To be, to be honest with you, like, I don't think we can get Kerry. I'm not entirely sure about oh, the draw now, but, oh. um, because it, it's a monster repeat. But we could get Dublin, Derry or Galway. I, I'd actually, look, for Cork to get to Crow Park, I mentioned this at GA Fan TV as well. I think 12 the out of 15 players never played in Crow Park. So I yeah. think, honestly, the experience that these guys will get will be invaluable. Because, you know, we won an under-20 title in 2019. We won a minor title in 2019. Next step, though, is to get back to the big boys in Crow Park. If we can do that, get the experience, maybe put up a good showing like we did against Kerry and Parky Rin. I mean, that would be mission accomplished for Cork. Like, you know, we have to put into perspective, this team was nearly relegated to Division 3. Like, we were thinking, before the down and off league game, we are doomed here. Look, look at the, the next few games. Like, over the first five games, we, we got one point against Clare and Parky Keeve at home. Then in the last two games, we didn't play particularly well against Don Offaly, but you could see the reaction from the players after the Offaly game. Look, this year, unfortunately, I, as, as it hurts me to say it, that's where the Cork footballers are at at the moment, trying to survive in Division 2 and trying to get to an All-Ireland quarterfinals. So honestly, I wouldn't mind playing the big boys. Like, it'll give the players exposure. It'll give the players confidence that they can play in Crow Park. I, I would think anyway, but... Um, Limerick will be equally up for it. Like, at the same, you think they'll be prolong, prolonging agony, but I think it's an opportunity for one of these teams to get to Crow Park for the first time in God knows how long. Yeah, it's a day out. Um, my worry from a Cork perspective is Brian Hurley and Stephen Sherlock scored one twelve out of the two twelve, and yeah. I think I think if you could shut at least one of them down, I know Billy Lee will be doing definitely doing his homework for Sunday. And yeah. That'd be my worry if he shut them mm. down. Ian, Ian McGuire had a quiet enough game at midfield. I mean, Cork's back line, it's not great, is it, Matthew? I, I honestly think we're actually improving a small bit. Uh, the half back line has actually been the same for, I think, uh, this, if they start the same half back line as the last game, this will be the fifth game in a row that they start the same half back line. So I think, you know, that continuity in the car team, that hasn't been there for years. I think there's been a lot of chopping and changing in the league. I see it in the Southern Star podcast as well. Like the amount of changes for one game against, from one game against Derry where it was an annihilation. And then we made, I don't know, five or six changes for the game against Galway. I think with this team, though, there's going to be 14 guaranteed starters for the last game against Lowe. That's that's brilliant for the continuity of this team. And defensively, we have Sean Powder there, Kevin O'Donovan. Uh, Mar Shanley's back in the full back line now. We have a half back line that's second midfield, Colin O'Callaghan and Ian McGuire. The worry though is goalkeeper. I don't know, is Michal Martin going to be fit for this game? I, I don't know, is Chris Kelly going to start again? We'll have to see about that. But when you look at Limerick, like we talk about, um, I talked about Choppy and Change and Dare the car team. This Limerick team has more or less been the same throughout the championship. Yeah. And that would probably give the players this, a sense of chemistry, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, um... We were going well at the time, and I remember, I know, like, Cork and Antrim wouldn't be in the same class, but uh, Limerick come up and they just completely dominated Antrim at Cork, and so I don't think playing away will be any issue for them. Mm. And just on the whole Cork thing, I, I, I actually want to see a good, strong Cork side from now on, because I'm sick for the back teeth of the leg of Pat Spillane and Tomas O'Shea just patronising them all the time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm actually the same. Jeez, Troy Living Park. You know, it's it gets to a point where it gets 
on your nerves, to be honest with you. But, but you know, even Sean Campbell as well, like saying that we performed pretty poorly against Kerry when we put up a very good display. Like that kind of, you know, make uh, that's some... well done. That little court now. Let the let Kerry go and win Munster now. Hmm. You can stay in Division Two, Three, yeah. Hmm. Like, it's actually quite annoying from, and I'm not even a Cork man. Like, I remember whenever you used to get relegated to Division 3, Tomas O'Shea come on League Sunday and big smirk in his face and says, Well, Cork may be in Division 4 next year. Yeah, it, it looked pretty bad at that point, to be honest with you. But I, I'm, I'm saying the main thing with this Cork team is we stayed up in uh, Division yeah. 2 with them two wins towards the end. And like, it's, it's actually crazy when you think about it because this car team was so close to being in the Tajian Cup now in the semi-final against Westmead. But we, like, we're nearly in an all-earned quarter-final. If we beat Limerick on Sunday... One silly kick-out. One silly kick-out that went that didn't cross the 20-yard line. Yeah. You yeah. used to be in the top goal. Yeah. Referee give you a 20-minute yeah. free. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jesus, yeah, it's it's the small it's the small margins that you think about, isn't it? Like when you look at back at that game, like we could be seeing, I don't know, awfully a potential to be in another quarterfinal Cup or what achievement that would be, and Cork to be in the semi final of a Tantian Cup with the likes of Sligo, Cavan, and Westmead. So, um, geez, you know, the amount it's amazing how the tables turn. To be honest with you, but at the same time, we cannot disregard Limerick. They're there to cause a shock here. And as would it as be this... a shock? Would it be a big shock, you think, Matthew? I wouldn't be shocked if Limerick won. No, no, no did you I, I I would say it's going to be a shock because Limerick, the way they've risen through the divisions from division four to division three, okay. eventually to division two. Like, let's not forget in 2020, Limerick were a division four team. So when you when you put that into context, and when you say Carf beat Limerick. By eight points last year in the Gaelic rounds, and Cork, if they perform better, that they could have won by more. So, I I would say I don't know about you, Ryan, but I would say this could be a potential to be a shock if Limerick win it. I know Tommy Rooney and off the ball is saying Limerick will win this. I I heard the podcast recently, but say I don't know. Would you do you think Limerick can do as a pocket cave, or do you think Cork will just have enough? The likes of Sherlock, the likes of Brian, and while Ron Sherlock and Brian Hurley. I was actually tallying up stats of this. Out of the championship scores, Sherlock and Hurley have got 72% of Cork scores. So, you know, <laughs> you know it's, it's, it's a sign that Cork need to, you know, spread the scores a bit. They're going to yeah. Colin McCallaghan got the other score against Lode. I know we performed pretty well dealing with a black defence, but having only three scores, that doesn't really bode well. And when you look at the percentage that Sherlock and Hurley are getting, the Cork forwards need to step up more. The likes of Dan Deneen, the likes of John O'Rourke, and the likes of Old McSweeney in that half hour line. Yeah, one hundred percent. And like I said before, that could be. I know Brian Hurley's scores come from freeze. I I think Stephen Sherlock. What I find he's been from Finbars. Like, like he's like we cover everything in our podcast. Like, and see whenever he was playing for Finbars over the championship, like was. I think he was actually one of the standout players. I know Crookley went on to win the All Ireland night, but would you put him in your top ten forwards in Ireland now? Because I think I would. Mm. I see that score yeah. against Kerry. That like why is that not talked about? Like yeah. if someone else had done that, if a Dublin mm. or a Clifford had done that, like yeah. 
Yeah, I completely agree with you. I've been saying for ages, he's definitely one of the top 10 forwards in the country. Like, when you compare to the big sides, I think Dublin's forwards, Conor Callan, possibly, I think Dean Rock and Stephen Sherlock are pretty level at the moment. I think Conor Callan's above him. I think David Clifford's above him. Sean O'Shea. I would say Killian O'Connor still. Shane Walsh. Shane Walsh, definitely. Um, Darren McCurry, despite Toro going out of the championship, is pretty good. But still, McGuigan, absolutely. But it's still put Sherlock as top 10 forwards in the country. Look, it's it's actually bad. We were interested that uh, some of these corporates have played in Crow Park. Stephen Sherlock's actually one of those. Well, he, he was a bench player in the Super 8 games against Toronto and uh, Dublin. But when you consider him starting for Cork or any other team, he hasn't done that in Crow Park in his career. That's bad. You know? Uh, it's... It is what age is it? What age is he, Matthew? I would say he's, I'm not entirely sure though. I think he's I think he's about 24, 25. Oh, that's good for Finbars then. Mm. They could they could dominate Cork then for a while. I, I'm not sure about that. We'll talk about club in later weeks, but I, I just think uh, Castlehaven or Nemo Rangers will be having the blood boiling and they'll be up there with St. Finbars this year. Like it's a competitive Cork championship, despite how badly the Cork team has done over the last few years. But uh, in conclusion, do you think? Limburg can cause a shock in this game, or do you think Cork will eventually win this game in Parky Keeve and go into the All-Ireland quarterfinal? I'm going to go, if it was percentage, I'd go 60% Cork, 40% Limerick. And I would just edge Cork, I think, home advantage as well. Mm. Yeah. Would, do you think you'll get a good crowd for it, maybe? No way. No way. No? No, no. Oh. <laughs> Like, it's like yeah, I honestly think there'll be more hurling fans go up to Cargan Park though tomorrow. Like you know, it's <laughs> like did you see the crowd for Cargan Load? I was hearing it was one and a half thousand or something like that. Oh, yeah, it is for an all our quarter. You know, uh, one stand was open, one lower stand, but two stands of air. So I see the Ticketmaster will be open north and south. So um, what, why is the, what is what is the cause for the lack of appetite for football? It's the hurlers, Sim- as simple as that. Like uh, the way the hurlers are performed, and hurling will always be king in Cork. Like at the same, t- it's the same problem that Tip Limerick Clare have at the same time. Uh, the Kerry hurlers have as and well. rugby as well. Rugby's a big thing. Down I, monster. Mm, I I think it's more bigger in uh, Limerick to be honest, more than Cork. Uh, I think uh, soccer is gradually going up again. Though Cork City are nearly promoted to the Premier Division once again, so that will. Uh, trap more fans to be honest with you but um, at the same I don't think there'll be much there to be honest with you um, I think there'll be lots of people are saying they'll be lucky to get 10,000 I'd agree with that um, thought Lim- did, I thought Limerick brought a lot of support to the Monster fan or maybe my eyes were deceiving me well, they, they, they did to be honest with you they, they, I yeah. think Limerick will come out their numbers to be honest with you but I don't think the car fans there would be the appetite there like, there's, <laughs> there's still like to put in the context, there's still league games and fundraising things happening at the same time as this game in Cork. So games, uh, club, club league games. games and stuff like that. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, it's it's a problem we've had in Cork for ages. Though they'll they'll rest them the rest the club games for hurling and stuff like that. But for the football, once the football comes on, they don't care. I I don't, I don't know what it is like. That has to be. There has to be um, 
you know, bad for the footballers as well. They aren't getting as much support, but I will be there, of course, and hopefully there'll be a good crowd, at least 10,000, but that's the minimum. Thank God they have 10,000. Yeah, yeah, it's... We don't know, we don't know, but I'll be definitely going to the game. It'll be easy to get a ticket anyway, that's a positive, but, um, but um, yeah, it's... It's uh, sad times for the fans of uh, Cork football, but uh, we'll move on to the real big game at the weekend. Oh. As, um, Donegal against Armagh and Clonus. You were saying, Luke, from your own podcast, is going to this game off air as well. Yeah. This will be some atmosphere, live at RT2. And um, Armagh to beat Tyrone, Donegal losing after extra time to Derry. This is going to be a cracker of a game. 100%. Do you listen to the BBC social podcast? Aidan Fogger was on there and he was saying that there's absolutely no point in us beating Tyrone if we can't bag it up against Donegal and I 100% agree with that. That was a massive win for Kieran McGinney last weekend, wasn't it? It was a huge win. Huge win. I, I actually, like I've listened to the football pod, the Southern Star podcast. I actually didn't listen to the BBC. There's been so many podcasts going around GF Fan TV as well. So, but that was interesting what Ed Walker said about them. And I, I have to agree with him. Like, yes, they beat the all champions, but at the same time, it's the same situation as uh, Cork with uh, Kerry in 2020. We beat Kerry, but then we lose to Tipperary. So then our ears uh, flush down the drain. So, like, this is a crucial game for our man. Like, who do you think actually is more crucial for? Because Donegal needs to bounce back from that, um, that poor performance, let's say, against uh, Derry in the Ulster final. So, who would you say this is more important to, Donegal or Armagh? That's a, that's a good question, you know. I think Declan Bonner's under serious pressure after that Ulster thing. I think if Donegal lose this, would that, you think that would be his last game? I think it is. Hmm. But I saying thought... that, if, if Armagh lost, would it be McGinney's last year? Our last game? Mm. That's the pressure them men are under. Like. Yeah. Oh, jeez. What do you think? Like... I don't think it'll be that bad for McGeady, to be honest. But I would totally agree with John Bonner. Like he probably should have gone last year after the Tyrone game. But um, if he loses, he lost the Ulster final. If he loses this a round two qualifier, I mean, no matter what the opponent is, I think he has to go. To be honest with you, but at the same time, like I think Patrick Shark, if the GSO podcast was mentioning. Who else is there at Donegal to replace Declan Bonner? That's a serious question as well that needs to be asked. Could they not go outside the country? And I was saying the look like Declan Bonner, he gets the minimum out of that squad of players that he has. Mm. You know the way they talk yeah. about like, Colin Collins, like Tex Clare on their different level? Yeah. He gets the bare minimum out of that squad. Like, Donegal have a better squad than Derry. I don't care yeah. what anybody says. You look at Derry's or Donegal's 15, like there's mm. generational talents on that squad, like, mm-hmm. and how he he bottled it in twenty, he bottled it this year. I don't know. And I was reading some of his quotes, like whenever he took clubs and stuff. He says, uh, "This was a massive red flag to me." He says, uh, "He says um, tactics don't mean anything as long as boys are given a hundred percent." Yeah, like, um, like I have to agree with you when you think about that. Like, Paddy McBriarty, Jamie Brennan. Michael Murphy, Roy McHugh, or McFadden Ferry, John, Hugh McFadden, John Patton, one of the best John Patton, Kyla McGonagall, Patter Bogan, Owen Bond Gallagher. The, the list goes on. Like Donegal actually have some very exciting good players, and they're not particularly old either when you think no. about it. But 
Like, they haven't got to an Ireland semi-final since 2014. I know I'm repeating myself in saying this, but for Donegal standards, with that group of players, that's a bit of a failure for this Donegal team. 100%. And I would say Michael Murphy's probably the best footballer I've seen live. Uh, I don't know how he cannot get more of a tune out of that Donegal team, that squad. Yeah. I just do not know. Yeah, to be like I've said before, I think he almost relies on the players doing it off the cuff for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I delved in. I delved into their their games this year, like, and the lack of tactics is actually quite scary. Yep. You can read Donegal like a book. Yep. Like what I found weird as well, like Michael Murphy, he's 32, 33. Why are you putting a midfield? Well, no, I mean, they, they put a like, yeah, I mean, they put a midfield against Derry with Derry already a collar glass and Emmett Bradley. Well, Emmett Bradley didn't start, but he came on later on in the game. Know, but, we know that Brendan Rodgers is the one that comes out with a with a ball at the back. Why not put him in at full forward and push Rodgers back to full yeah. back? I don't and, know. Like, oh my god! And at the same time, like uh, playing the devil's advocate for a bit as well. If you put Michael Murphy in the square, that's his best position. It's not yeah. midfield. Like, why they have a brilliant player, as you rightly said, at other books. Michael Murphy's outstanding talents. Why are you wasting your his talents and putting him midfield rather than full forward where he can be a threat? And as well as that, bring up Brendan Rogers, he scored three points. And that was that was the losing of the game for Donegal. 100%. I thought that that was the call that lost them the game. You're 100% bang on about that. I, like, I've never seen like a, a defender pushing Michael Murphy back like that before in my life. I, like it, it was early on the cards because remember he, he went by him in the first half like that and he scored in the first mm-hmm. half and I thought yeah, he has to put him up front. He has to put him up front. Even in extra time, Murphy was still collecting kickouts from Patton. Yeah. It was, I don't know. Maybe Michael Murphy is a big influence in that dressing room, but because mm. I heard Roy Gallagher having a wee dig, he was like, um, it was the managers, all the managers were coming to, for like a photo shoot, and apparently Roy Gallagher said, is Michael Murphy not here? Yeah, like, yeah I don't know what they do with Michael Murphy sometimes, but um, enough about uh, Donny Gall's misdemeanors, let's look at uh, Armad, their brilliant performance last week against Toronto. What I noticed actually, look at uh, stats for Armad, their t- highest score actually, in the chapter, is Rory Grugan with six points. But when you look at the entire team, like uh, a lot of the players are chipping in. Aidan Nugent won one, Stephen Campbell with three points. Reno Neal hasn't scored that much this year. So what I noticed most uh, between the two sides, Donegal are reliant on McBreers and Murphy. But when you look at Armagh, there's scores coming all over the field. And that has to be a plus for Kier McGee's and Kier Donaghy going into Sunday. I think so, yeah. And... You're talking there about Stephen Campbell. Luke mm. said in the first match against Donegal, why did Stephen Campbell not start that match? Mm. And you're talking about spreading scores. Even Ethan Rafferty's coming up with 59 yeah. scores, 33 points. <laughs> and they're absolutely cracking points as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, will Armagh learn from their mistakes from the first day? Possibly. But I'm not too sure. This is a massive game for mm. both sides. I don't know. Very one, a very hard one to call. I think. Yeah, 
Usually what I find with uh, these type of games where there's a repeat tie, I, I'm totally against it, by the way. I think both of these sides should have avoided, avoided each other in the qualifier draw. Like, play, it's a bit boring, to be honest with you. When oh, I know the third time they played each other this year. Yeah, in the league as well. Like, you know, it's 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 ridiculous the amount of times these sides have played each other. But what, what I find, the losing team in the first game of the championship lords more. And to be honest, Armagh actually lost in the last game of the league when there was a league final on the line against Donegal as well. So Armagh will be going up for blood in this game. Like, what I find, like, with Cork and Kerry, in those, I know it's a different time though, but in 2008, Cork beat Kerry the Munster final. Kerry lured their lessons in the All-Ireland semi-final and they beat Cork. Same yeah. in 2009 in the All-Ireland final. And same a few years later, I think Kildare and Meade came up against each other and Kildare beat Meade after losing the first game. Like, you know, it it goes around the roundabouts really, where the losing team in the first game learned more than the winning team. And you're talking about that. I remember 05, whenever Armagh beat Tyrone mm. in the Ulster final down in Croke Park, and then Tyrone went on to beat them in the All Ireland semi final, and then eventually yeah. went on to All Ireland. I think you do learn more when you get beat 100%, because I think McGinney will be picking things out from that game in Volleyball Play, which. Yeah, Armagh just didn't turn up on that day, so they didn't, just didn't bring their A game. And they'll know this is last chance to learn again. So, yeah, if it's a scorching day as well, they might have the legs and only go the way Derry did. I'm, I'm actually looking at a, an image from um, a post I sent out on Instagram and Twitter. If you don't follow me on those um, accounts, uh, be sure to follow them if you, if you don't already. But... Um, I looked at the last five meetings between the two sides. Armagh haven't won any of those in league or championship. They've drawn one game in the league in 2021. But the other games, Donegal have won. So I, I don't know what to think about that. Do you think Armagh have the bottle to beat Donegal? Mm. See, I called Donegal beating them in Bally Buffet, but is that Ulster final loss like that would be a very very better pull to swallow than that Matthew losing yeah. after extra time like I, I don't know could Donegal recover from that do they have the management as well that's the real question I think Armagh probably have the better manager in McGinney but... they have a better all right, right, round because there's Donaghy there and there's yeah. Kieran there's like four Kierans in there yeah yeah absolutely and their scores could be all over the field as well like the more we talk about this, despite Arba's re- poor record against Donegal over the last five games, the more we think that Arba could actually win this game. You know? Yeah. So I don't think it would be a shock now, Matthew. Like I think that was a very scarring defeat. I think there might be still scar tissue from that very game. There has to be. <laughs> yeah, but but at the same time, they're not gonna surely to God, they're not gonna make the same mistake of putting Michael Murphy midfield. They're not gonna do it. Surely, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if they do, is eight Barker's going to score three or four points? That's yeah. that's the risk they're going to take. So I, I don't know. Look, surely I'm thinking they're not going to play Michael Murphy midfield. They've learned their lessons from the last day. If Tony Gall learned anything from that Ulster final, they're not going to put Michael Murphy midfield. You know, I, I yeah. mean. And even they had they had to look at that game against Tyrone last week as well, the Armagh game against Tyrone, and how Armagh counteracted that game as well, you know. And then um, 
then we have to put into perspective too how out of sorts are Tyrone at the moment because I think they're massively out of sorts at the moment. Uh, there's players walking away from the panel. That that dairy game wasn't a once off. They have been poor. They've been poor this year. Mm-hmm. And don't let don't let a win in Tralee or beating Mayo deflect. They have been they've been shit this year, Tyrone. They have been. Sorry to say to Tyrone supporters, but they have. They were very poor against Derry. Yeah. They were poor against Armagh. And I yeah. knew whenever Armagh went up last week, I knew Tyrone weren't coming back. The only person that's really stood up for them this year is probably McCurry. Yeah. yeah. 100% agree with you. Like he's, I think he scored 117, but Tyrone have been so... like. At the same time, do you actually think Armagh got a, a, a very good game last week against Tyrone? Or I do you think... At home as well, against their better rivals who are out of sorts. What do you think? Like, it's a it's tough one to say because you were saying Tyrone are so out of sorts this year. They've been pretty pretty bad. Like any Tyrone fan would mention that. But beating your rivals with with that margin of victory, I mean, that has to be some positive to be honest with you for this Armagh team. Like. But look at this game. We've analysed this so much. Look at the last five games. Look at the scores throughout each team. The fact that Michael Murphy might be playing midfield. But at the end of it all, who do you think will win this game at Clodis? Do you think it'll be Donegal or do you think it'll be Armagh? Huge call now. I'll flip a coin here. Um, <laughs> John, know something. I'll go for Armagh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I don't think Declan Bonner has it. And I'm the win big games. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I'd have to agree with you. I'm going to go Armagh to win this game as well. Like, it's... It, like, the writing's on the wall from the scores all over the fields. Donegal losing that Ulster final. Like, I think if Donegal don't make the same mistakes against Derry, this could be a cracker of a game. But yeah. I, I just think Armagh, Kieran McGee, he's just more street, street smart, as he rightly says, than Declan Bonner. And I just think Armagh will have enough in this game. Like, it's going to be a cracker live on RT2, of course. And um, I suppose, uh, thanks for coming on to the podcast anyway, Ryan, to delve uh-huh. into the games. And uh, where could we find your own podcast, The uh, Saffron Voice? Uh, it's on, I think it is just The Saffron Voice on Twitter and, and Instagram. So, yeah, we always have good crack on our podcast. So you should definitely give that a listen. Absolutely. And uh, I'll link us all in the bio of this episode. And uh, thanks for coming uh, on, Ryan. And uh, well, enjoy the games well, this weekend. We'll be following your stories on Sunday to see how Cork's doing. My own club's playing up there, Belfast and Sunday League. So, okay, you can keep me updated, sure, with the scores. Massive thank you to Ryan for coming on to the podcast and thank you for listening. Thank you to Fortune Favors for sponsoring the show. And until next time, I'll see you then and take care.